Hello there, this is the Psychology Report and I'm Dr. Alan Hedberg. Uh, today I'd like to address a very critical issue for every marriage. That is, in our marriages we often do quite well in the first year or maybe first several years. We love each other, we communicate with each other, we have fun together, we do things that we know are enjoyable and that we have engaged in and enjoyed during our dating years. But after a period of time, sometimes three years, sometimes five years, things begin to change. And sometimes there's a little bit of a meltdown. And the question that really needs to be asked at that particular point in time is, are we speaking a love language to each other that we understand, we appreciate, and that we speak? You know, there are five love languages, and um, not everybody speaks the same love language. It's kind of like an international language. Some people speak Japanese, some people speak Spanish, some people speak Swedish, some people speak English. If you speak the same language, you usually communicate quite well. But in the area of love, to get along well and to communicate well, you have to speak the language of your spouse. That is, if your spouse speaks a particular language and you speak that language, she appreciates it, he appreciates it. But if you speak a different language, it's kind of like they don't understand each other and, they're, and you're just kind of going off in new directions. So here's the deal. The five love languages are as follows, and see where you come into these, okay? The first one is words of affirmation. That is, words of love and words of caring and words of care and empathy and concern and interest, words of appreciation, words of affirmation. See, some of us like to hear those kind of words. And if you like to hear those kind of words, your spouse better express those kind of words, and then you'll be satisfied in the marriage. But if you like those kind of words and your spouse does not speak those words, that's not the language that your spouse speaks, then you're going to be frustrated, and you're going to be angry, and you're going to be very upset, and the marriage is at risk. So find out if your spouse likes and wants to hear words of affirmation. And if that's the case, make sure you talk and express verbally words of affirmation in very clear tones and in a consistent way, and in many different situations. Okay, secondly, receiving gifts. There are spouses that kind of enjoy receiving a gift and take a gift as a sign of love and a sign of thoughtfulness and care. If that's the case, give gifts. They don't have to be expensive, sometimes just very, very inexpensive gift, but it was the thought of it all. It was the memory of it that you create. So if you have a spouse that likes to have gifts, speak that language. Engage in that kind of behavior. If your spouse does not like gifts or doesn't really fully appreciate gifts, you're not really needing to give a lot of gifts. You're off the hook a little bit on that particular you know, behavior. Gifts can be bought. Gifts can be made. Gifts can be found. And gifts can be created in some way. But it's the giving of a gift that is very important to some spouses. And if that's your spouse's love language, engage in it. Number three, acts of service. If your spouse enjoys doing things together with you and you have kind of a service uh, orientation, that is you vacuum together or you might um, wash dishes together, work in the yard together, you might do a, some particular difficult chore together, clean the house, spring cleaning if you will, walking the dog, you know, whatever it might be. If you can do something that would help your spouse, that's an act of service and sometimes it's doing it together which is really important. But not necessarily. It's just the effect that you did something that you 
did in, on behalf of your spouse, even like washing the car. If your spouse likes that and you do it on a regular basis, you're showing love. You're not washing a car, you're showing love. If you help in the cleaning of the kitchen, you're not cleaning the kitchen, you're showing an act of love by cleaning the kitchen. Think of it in that context. What's important to your spouse is what it's important to you to do. Number four is quality time. That is, maybe it's the idea of going shopping together. You're just doing something together. Walking around the block together. Just sitting, talking together. Not watching television, not working on the computer, not playing a game of some kind. Just sitting and being together. Engaging in low levels of conversation, if you will. But quality time is what's important. Might be going to a symphony together. Might go to a concert together. Might be having friends over together. But it's that idea that you're spending quality time with each other and as a result of that, 10 or 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, whatever it might be, there's a message of love conveyed. You know, Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s, you know, I study him and he spent an hour every night in quality time with his children. He spent a quality time every night with his wife, one hour with his wife. That was quality time. It was companionship. And, that, and the family thrived on that. And number five is physical touch. Some of us like to be touched. Back rub, foot rub, uh, holding hands, just rubbing the arm. Might be sexual touch. There's both sexual touch and non-sexual touching. So it's the idea of just connecting together in a physical touching kind of way. And if that's important, make sure that that's done and engaged in regularly. You see, these are the five languages of love. And what's important is that you understand the language of love that your spouse likes to receive, and then you provide it. And make sure you let your spouse know what language of love you like to receive so that your spouse can provide it. Now, how do you know? How do you find out? Well, you sit down and talk about it. You ask the question, what's your love language? And you review all five of them so that your spouse can say, yeah, I like number one and number three. Or you can say, no, I like number two and number five. Well, then, okay, now you know. But you talk about it. You just kind of make it part of the everyday conversation, if you will. And then act on it and, and fulfill it. And uh, listen also. The other way is to listen. If your spouse complains that you're not doing something, don't take it as a complaint. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. Don't get angry. It's not a complaint that way. What it really is saying is that you're not speaking the love language that you need to speak. Your spouse is not hearing the love language your spouse likes to hear. That's what a complaint is. So if you get a complaint, think about it in the context that you're not speaking the love language rather than your spouse is just mad at you. The love languages are important. Act on them. Follow up. Be consistent. But be targeted. Be intentional. This has been the Psychology Report with Dr. Alan Hedberg. Let me just refer you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. I have a book on parenting. I have a book on living a quality life, learning how to utilize the, um, the social languages, the um, languages of intelligence and language of emotionality. I have a book in, in, on health care. I have several different books that might be of help to you. And uh, I refer you to the, go to the website and look them up and see which one might be of best interest to you. Booksbyhedberg.com. Now, before I go, I want to one more time introduce Trinity Western University to you. Trinity Western University is located in Langley, British Columbia, just outside of Vancouver, a great part of Canada. 
you know, if your kid goes to school there, and you have a high school student that's considering college, look up the website on Trinity Western University, you know, and might be just the right place. Right now, the dollar difference is $1.30 in the favor of the U.S. dollar. And that is, you spend a dollar in Canada, you get a $1.30 value for it. So it's like a scholarship that the government's giving, 30%, if you will. So it makes the educational cost come down considerably and makes Trinity Western a very attractive school, both in terms of its quality of teaching and uh, character and uh, topics of, of uh, major studies, but it also is a quality of school relative to the cost factor. So take a look at Trinity Western University, Langley, British Columbia, just outside of Vancouver. This has been the Psychology Report. We'll see you again. Bye for now.